0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes
4: everything.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
4: Radio. Radio. The Cowboys overcome some questionable coaching calls, but still manage to dominate on the scoreboard, beating the Eagles 41-21 to 21 and covering every Vegas number.
3: All right, so let me start with Dak. Where is Dak on the quarterback rankings? Uh, it's easy to say well, you know, it's pretty much the same rankings as the start of the season. Three games don't mean much. I think in general that's true. But I would say when you're coming back from a major injury concerns, and we spent a lot of airtime talking about the lack of preseason prep for Dak, his arm strength. You don't go to the Texas Ranger baseball team unless there's a real problem. Even after week one, there was a sense of, yeah, good performance against Tampa, but his arm didn't look the same. Right now, AJ, I test as a fan who beats the man. What's your take on Dak? Where's he ranked to you amongst the best in the league?
4: He's probably a top eight. Uh, if I'm, I mean, I'd have to narrow it down exactly, but he's certainly in the top ten at this point, and certainly exceeded my expectations for what he would be in the first few weeks of the season, given what his off looked like.
3: So when I hear top 10, I feel like I'm not getting an answer because I don't think a reasonable human could say he wasn't in the top 10.
4: So, I think that he's somewhere between 6 and 10. I don't put him in the top 5, but he's certainly in that in, in that next group. So you got Josh
3: Allen above him. I do have Josh Allen above him. Except how many years of Josh Allen's career – so this is his fourth year – um, let's even discount this year, though Josh Allen's had two below-average games and one good game. Um, even though they beat Miami 35-0 in Week Two, it was not a good Josh Allen game. So, but let's just accept this year is is an incomplete for all quarterbacks so far for this exercise. Is Josh Allen's rookie year, Dak was better than him that corresponding year, or Dak's rookie year, however you want to look at it. Second year, Dak was better. Third year, Josh Allen was better. And even though this was an incomplete year, obviously Dak's been better this year. So, like, what is the rationale? And I'm not saying reasonable people couldn't think this. I think most people would say this. Josh Allen's better than Dak. But when presented with the fact that three or two out of three years that were full seasons, clearly Dak was better, and I'd make the case this year Dak is better, how's Josh Allen better?
4: I think because we've seen a higher ceiling out of Dak Prescott, thus we assume that he'll be able to return to that number. And really what we saw so at the beginning...
3: AJ, you misspoke. You said Dak Prescott for the higher ceiling. You meant oh, Josh for Allen. Josh Allen. Josh okay. Allen last maybe, year showed the highest Maybe you're ceiling. right. Maybe subconsciously it's a Freudian slip. <laughs> but go now,
4: ahead. D- now, Dak did look like, I mean, if you look at what he did early last season, looked like he was on his way to that kind of a season But then, of course, he gets injured. So uh, right now I've just seen the best quarterback play I've seen from those two guys has been Josh Allen last year. So right now, if I'm looking at their ceilings, he's got the highest ceiling.
3: Yeah, that's interesting because I would make the case that the start of last year for Dak and this year combines to about a half a season, and I'd say it was as good as Josh Allen was at his height. And then it's back to the idea about, well, what about the basement? Because Dak's basement has always been above average. And Josh Allen was really, as we've said many times, a Daniel Jones type third. You know, he was entering his third year, sort of like Daniel Jones entered this year. A lot of talent, a lot of uh, potential, not a lot of performance. And if Daniel Jones continues to have the year he's having this year for the Giants. You can make the case he won't be the starter the next year. And you can make the case Josh Allen would have been a Trubisky-type casualty. And the fact he had a great year means, oh, no, it's totally different. He's signing a big contract, 40 million a year. I'm just not sure he's proven that yet. We'll see. We'll see. I do find it interesting Josh Allen's above him. Now, right now, you keep Brady above Dak. I do, okay, and it's Mahomes.
4: So Mahomes' Mahomes's
3: struggles doesn't bother you yet.
4: No, Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson would be the rest of my top five.
3: Okay, now who after that? Now let's say that we're still debating Josh Allen, but let's accept. All right, you got Josh Allen ahead. Who else could you possibly think is ahead? I
4: think you could argue Matt Stafford.
3: Ooh, wow. I think you could
4: argue. I think you can argue Justin Herbert. I think you can argue Lamar Jackson, and I think right now you can argue Derek Carr.
3: Derek Carr is better, but wait a minute now. I thought we were saying that right now isn't the only issue because look what Josh Allen did last year. So when it's against Dak, we'll focus on this year only because it'd be hard to say Derek Carr's had a better year than than Dak. And, and again, I'm not a huge Dak fan, right? So I know there's just skeptics of Dak, and I like to kind of push against it to see where where the pressure points are, where the um, Logic is strong where it's not, but so Derek Carr this year you're saying is better, thus he's Uh, better.
4: No, I'm saying you can make an argument for it. If I were to make official rankings right now, Dak would be ahead of Derek Carr.
3: Okay, and would he be ahead of Lamar? No. Really? So you'd rather have Lamar Jackson, a guy that you literally can't run a normal NFL offense around. You have to make the whole organization build around his special talents and he has one playoff win, and that is better than Dak, which is a prototypical modern quarterback that's got mobility, but he doesn't have to run. Wow, that's fascinating. I wonder how many people agree with you. I think some do. Some do. But Where do you have Dak? I'm not sure that Dak isn't. I don't know yet if I can be confident of his health, but if a doctor – if I see a couple more games and let's just say – that his health isn't the issue, that he's recovered from last year's injury. His arm is not a problem. Because I do think there's still a greater than 0% chance that those are problems. And if so, it would make the recent performance even more impressive, but it would make me less optimistic long-term. But assuming health wasn't an issue, I would put him ahead of Josh Allen. And I almost would be ready to put him ahead of Brady I I think that what we're seeing with Brady may be the beginnings of the decline. And if you look at the – it matters what stats you look at. And maybe tomorrow we'll do a deep dive because I don't want to do it halfway statistically. But I think with Brady and Tampa Bay in general, that loss against the Rams, that was a statement loss. And you can say, well, they're looking ahead maybe to the Patriots. But then you think back, Dallas had them. We were out to dinner that night, right? There was, what, 40 seconds left, and Brady had to pull. And the fact he pulled the magic off, give him credit. That's That's a plus for Brady, obviously. But it strikes me that Tampa was only down three against Atlanta in the second half. Or they were only up three. Atlanta was only down three. So it's like, what's been the impressive Tampa Bay game so far? Uh, it hasn't a,
4: really existed. Uh,
3: so now Brady's the head of that team. Uh, I don't know, you know? So I still put Mahomes clearly ahead. Uh, I still put Russell Wilson clearly ahead. And um, I Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, you know? Right now, I, I certainly would rather have Dak on my team, but that's an age issue. Right? If it was just about this one year, I would put Dak and Aaron Rodgers tied, saying Dak's played much better this year, much better. Aaron Rodgers had a below average year for him. Uh, he made a couple of passes. I mean, just think how different would the narrative be? And again, this is the greatness in a way, right? So in a way, I'm making the point on Aaron Rodgers, but in another way, I'm not, which is if he incompletes one of those passes, they go one and two, And they were down at halftime against the Lions in the one win. How different would the narrative be about Rodgers?
4: Oh, it would certainly be different. I mean, we'd we'd be talking about well, is there a reason to panic?
3: Yeah. So it's two passes can make the you know in a way you could say Manning, uh, Eli wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame consideration, if it wasn't for the one, I think it was the, what, Manningham or whatever, or the, the basket the catch. The helmet catch. Yeah, oh, okay. well, that that being another one, right? But, but that one, I'm not sure how much was Manning, uh, his throw as much as it was. I guess it was his mobility in a way. But the one down the left sidelines in the second Super Bowl with the basket, right, I mean, it was like one of the great throws of all time. You could say if it wasn't for that, but it's like he did it and Bradshaw in Super Bowl 14 the long touchdown to Starworth it's like that play was a fluky play in a way but he made the throw so i don't know I, I with Aaron Rodgers what i know historically is by the end of the season he's making mistakes not great throws that's why they're one and four in conference championship games i'm not really that much of a Rodgers guy. I'm where, not a where, film guy. I'm not a guy that looks and says, oh my God, he's thrown to the second seam against the hash. I just look at performance, and Aaron Rodgers typically underperforms when the brightest the lights are on. People might not like hearing it, but it's true. Go ahead, AJ.
4: Where do you fall on Matt Stafford versus Dak? As we've seen, I mean, Matt Stafford right now, through three games, it's a small sample, but an 82.6 QBR, better than any QBR from last season. Uh, I mean, Matt Stafford looks like, w- with Sean McVay, he may be the real deal. And he's been kind of on the brink there in Detroit. I think maybe being in a better spot is is going to put Matt Stafford into that upper, upper conversation, upper-tier
3: conversation. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a valid potential conversation. But by definition, small sample sizes are deceptive. And there's a reason that... Any In any given week, the, the QBR is going to be higher of the best people than the season because the season has to have the good games, the average games, the bad games. Every quarterback has a range of games. Stafford hasn't had a bad game yet. What I know for sure is that last year before the trade, Stafford was about 12 or 13 on most lists. And I'm guessing that's where he would have been for you, right? Yeah, around there. Yeah. So now the now we're thinking he jumps up to like four? Or five? And you could say, yeah, it's because of how great the coaching is with the, the boy genius. And it's like, okay, except in hindsight, like, what did the boy genius do with Goff? Oh, Goff's horrible. He probably wouldn't be in the league if it wasn't for McVeigh. It's like, well, he seems to be doing all right now with the Lions, isn't he? He's, he's, I don't think anyone thinks he's a worse quarterback now. Do you? I, no. If anything, I've been fairly impressed by him. Based on what I thought we were going to see because of how great, and I'm saying in quotes, McVay is. So, if McVeigh wasn't the savior for Goff, and we don't know that for sure yet, but it doesn't seem like he was, why is he going to be the savior for Stafford? And if Stafford was 12th or so in most rankings, why is he going to be much better now? He's had three games that are better, but there's a reason the Bucs are bringing in Richard Sherman. Right? They're banged up in the secondary. Yep. So this is the beauty of the early season NFL is the smarter you are. And we do have the smartest audience in sports radio. That's objectively true here at straight out of Vegas. The smarter you are, the more you understand that you don't quite know what you think, you know? And to me, it's not fun to like sit and say, well, we can't know for sure. So we're going to try to figure it out, but we got to understand that the context of this is a couple of games, three games, don't mean much. And what was our expectations coming in versus what they are now? And if they've changed too much, you're probably making a mistake.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Covino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids –
3: Let's talk about Hurts. So in our production, AJ, we were asking about what does this mean for the Eagles, and your thought was, "Hey, Hurts, is he the guy? Should they be going to a backup?" And my rationale was, and I'll ask you what you think of it. As long as you believe the quarterback has a material chance to be the ultimate answer, Now, what does material chance mean? You know, I don't know, five percent, ten percent. Right? If it's a 1-in-20 shot, one, you know, I, I don't think it can be less than that. If it's a 1-in-50 shot, you probably don't even acknowledge it exists, the shot. But let's say between 5% and 10% chance or more. Because if you have a 10% chance, you almost got to like give them a shot. Now, if you have two quarterbacks that both have a shot to be the future, then whichever one has the higher shot, you give them the chance, right? But right now, we got Minshew as a backup. And we got Flacco. Well, Flacco's already getting in movies at a discounted price. So, I mean, he's probably not the future. I mean, those movies go, you know, it's like 55, I think. And I don't think Minshew's the future, right? So, as much as people think he's been underrated, I think it was a good trade to get him. He's not the future. He's a stopgap. So, the question with Hertz is, is there even a question? Meaning it feels like his chances are above 10%. Thus, you got to let him go and keep playing. But, boy, it could be a disaster this year or continue to be. Where's your take on that, AJ?
4: I, I mean, I agree with you that if, if you are going to play him throughout this year, you have to accept that this year is almost likely to be a, a lost year. If you think you can compete in the NFC East this year... To me, Gardner Minshew may be a better option right now than, than Jalen Hurts.
3: Here's the question: Would you, if you said, okay, the chance to win the East, let's say hypothetically, was better with Minshew, but if you won the East and got in, odds of you going anywhere are almost zero that matters. So would you, but let's say Hurts does have a 15% chance to be the future. Would you say, screw the 15% chance to be the future? He's done. He's on the scrapped heap because we want to have a better chance to win the East because you know what? Winning the East matters, except it doesn't. Washington won the East last year, and we're out in the round one, and no one cared. A year before, Philly did, and they were out, and no one cared. Would you rather have an increased chance to win the East or an increased chance to find your long-term starter?
4: I'd rather have an increased chance to find my long-term starter. And maybe I've just made up my mind about what Jalen Hurts is and obviously the Eagles haven't or they would have made this decision but Jalen Hurts to me looks like he he's not going to be accurate enough to survive in yeah. this league I, well, right. I think he's just very limited on what he can do physically
3: we're going to take our last break right now if you look at EPA expected points added with garbage time eliminated Hurts is number 19 in the league that's not horrible by the way number 18 Dak Prescott
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay.
1: tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all their current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tire slash
0: sports tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: The Tampa Bay Bucks making a move, uh, or, or at least considering a move, bringing in Richard Sherman. The Tampa Bay Bucks still the best team in the NFL, RJ.
3: Oh, I got to tell you something. This is so fascinating because there was such a divide even three or four days ago. And that divide was Tampa Bay, Kansas City, clearly the best two teams, and everyone else. And who was in the everyone else? Well, Rams were in the mix for sure. Uh, you know, maybe Green Bay. I don't know. Maybe Bills? San Fran. Yeah, I don't know if the Bills were when they were one and one. Right, I know you love the Bills, I know, but I I would say there was questions about the Bills at that point. I think the Ravens were in the conversation, but let's say the Bills were too. I mean, they would have been at the bottom of the list, I think, of, of the next tier. Now, the Bills look mighty good, right? Give them credit. But the Rams are the ones that really supplanted Tampa and said, hey, we're undefeated, baby, and you're not. And then the Chargers would be the one you could make the case, maybe made their statement they should be in that next tier. Like the Bills are still – even the Bills at their worst are ahead of the Chargers. But now the question is, should the Chargers be in that tier? I think that's a valid conversation. But, boy, when it comes to the top, when Kansas City's one and 2 and they could easily be 0-3, they could be 3-0. and 0. That shows you how the coin flips are in this. <laughs> right, they could be easily – and then you think, I mean, two turnovers—they probably are three and zero if they didn't have them. And then if you look at the Rams, not just winning but looking dominant, and Stafford looking so good that you're ready to jump them from twelve to like three just in a couple games on your rankings. Uh, and and then you start looking at the fact that Kansas City and Tampa lost. I don't know. I think this is one of the most muddled, you know. McKenzie, let's look at the Super Bowl odds right now. Now, the Super Bowl odds are going to give you both how good a team is, how easy their path is, where like Dallas, for example, will have better odds than maybe they would if all things were equal because they are likely the division winner. Read me the – I'll tell you when to stop. Just read one at a time the Super Bowl favorites with the odds. Tied at the top, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 6-1, to Kansas City Chiefs 6-1, to then the L.A. Rams are 8-1. to the bills are 9 to 1 the green bay packers are fifth at 13 to 1 now that's Cleveland interesting broke. that is interesting so maybe aj's more right than i thought i thought there was a lot of skepticism about the bills the fact that they're you know one additional win shouldn't swing things that much the fact that there's like 500 you know 500 dollars of payoff between 8 to you know like 9 to 1 and almost 14 to 1 with green bay that shows that that's a tear in people's minds so Continue reading. After the Packers, number six, the Cleveland Browns, 14 to 1, and the
4: Ravens, also 14 to 1, the Niners, 16 to 1, the Chargers are 25 to 1. Yeah, okay, so that's th- the
3: end. Of- okay, so the Chargers are the first ones in that next tier. Char-
4: Chargers, Cowboys, Titans, all 25 to 1.
3: Okay, Chargers, Cowboys, Titans. Boy, the Titans. Ooh, they feel like
4: they don't belong.
3: They do not belong there. So to me, it's. Uh, I think it's fascinating. What I would say amongst those teams right there, 49ers probably a little underrated, even though maybe I'm being affected by the, the political <laughs> consultant here for the 49ers, McKenzie. But, but I do think they're a little better. And I think the Rams are a little overrated. Not necessarily for any given game, because they are good, but for a season. I think a couple of injuries can hurt the Rams more than anyone. Fox Sports Radio has
2: the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Any college
0: baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels.
1: We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location.